0: to handle that cape for the last time.
1: Return to Town 10th Year Anniversary Edition is a revised version of Andean's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material.
0: Spoken Label. Hi, it's Anne from Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers poets and artists over time it became monthly then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis to date i've done over 330 sessions and i'm always looking for new poets writers artists singer-songwriters general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp dot com. Obviously, now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts or send it over my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo dot co dot uk
2: enjoy the podcast take care bye spoken oh. life. um this is where we myself andy um, and uh, amanda <coughs> usually organize the um speakeasy which is a spoken word night which is um the first thursday of the month okay we do have a booking system people usually each email andy um uh, but people on the sunday after we after the thursday of the of the event so you're welcome to um uh, to do that and it'd be nice to see some people down there on the Thursday night we do get a good turnout. But um, well enough of that really. Uh, my name's Steve and as I say along with Amanda and Andy uh, we run Speak Easy, and Andy, Amanda asked me just to sort of host tonight and um, uh, for uh, the printed word anthology with the uh, with the proceeds going to, uh, to Mustard Tree which is sort of tackling homelessness and, uh, and, and poverty issues. I know personally I've moved house Three times this, this century, not always my decision. <laughs>
3: uh, and uh, whenever I've done that, I've always, done, I've always coincidentally donated my sort of furniture
2: to Mustard Tree, so uh, they do take things like that as well. Just in case you didn't know. Uh, obviously, the furniture's got to be of a certain standard, um, so you can't point any old stuff on it. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I'm sure they'd be more than willing to uh, to um, uh, take any sort of donation like that. Okay. Um, but it's fantastic effort by by people, by the contributors, and all most of you are here tonight. And you're going to read your words. Um, we'll sort of. We always have to do a little bit of shuffling around in terms of the running order because you get a couple of no shows and um, etc. I'm sure you, you'll sort of experience that. Other spoken word nights and other nights like this. So what we'll do is we'll we'll sort of have about five minutes. If you can limit to five minutes, please. That's all right. Um, I've been assured that really. Everyone's words don't really come to that, but I know what I know what writers are like once you get up here. So you can't you can be on. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so you the on. So if you can be, I'm uh, not looking at anybody. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So just a couple of things in terms <laughs> of. I um, love bit So housekeeping. it been? Um, just. Oh, I mean, those are fantastic. A fantastic place. Fantastic people. They give us a room for free. I mean it's not the most accessible place, although unfortunately necessarily, but how it's up there, and that's how it's down, that's really a um, uh, disabled person sorry, on the ground floor. Um, so that it's downstairs, upstairs, Fire exits at the back in the unlikely event hall. And what we tend to do is we we always have this sort of pixie chip in place as a as a bit of a meeting point. So uh, if, if if in the unlikely event people can make their way out of the um, the, on the back door. Um yeah. Okay. I think that's. I think that's about it. Oh, the last thing, the step. All right. So, so just be careful of the step. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not too bad. All right. It's not too bad. But just yeah, just be careful. I tend to find myself actually use that as a bit of a rail there as well as a bit of a sort of steadying thing. And and lastly, I promise you that. Uh, lastly, before I start to introduce the readers, lastly, um, um, you'll see that I'm standing behind the mic. Uh, it's quite loud. Uh, so that's good. Um, but I do notice sometimes people sort of stand over here and, and, and they don't realise that they're not sort of speaking speaking to the mic, so um, if you can speak to the mic that'd be fantastic. Um, okay then, so on to our readers. Amanda has got copies of the book, uh, she's not got a card machine. Uh,
3: <laughs> she wishes. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I work at I work at United, I work on the days, and even the guys who sell the scarves and the dodgy stuff, they've all got these card machines, but we've not got one tonight, okay? So, uh, yeah, is, is it nine, pounds is it? Is six, nine, pound six
0: pound each. Six pound each?
2: Yeah. Okay, so it's an odd number, so you need five hundred pound. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you can get the, you can get, you can get the, uh, and if not, you don't have the And it's a Kindle edition as well, isn't it? Yeah,
0: Kindle. Yeah,
2: we have got the Kindle edition yeah. with us. So, <laughs> So and that's what, three is that three pounds?
1: Two pounds fifty.
2: Two fifty, okay. You can see it might a be. Amount. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So two pound <laughs> fifty. Yeah. That's brilliant. And don't forget to tell all your friends and everything else as well. It's a fantastic cause. Okay. Um, okay, so our one in order tonight is that the first half, we tend to have a little bit of a break, maybe fifteen minutes. Um and we say we try to get everybody away. back right, tonight, guys, we should so hopefully get so everybody so away so for about 14 minutes, okay. um, Unless you want to stay for a drink, of course. So, in the first half, uh, it's going to be Amanda going to kick us off. Then Stephen, Lucy, uh, Philip, Linda.
3: Can we do me a favour?
2: He's Mark time, here, Mark. He's here. No, he's not here.
0: Okay. Move him. Hold him. Hold him. Put him back yeah. over there. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. Just a a video bit a bit. over. Yeah. Just hold him like that. Okay. Make sure he's on top. Laura. Not here. Not here. Not here. Yeah, yeah. Mum's Man, yeah. coming on in a minute. Okay? Right then, <coughs>
2: okay. we'll we'll and and, and it, then it, Scott. I'm Sorry, I've got Scott in. here. are doing just. Scott, he, that's what the boss said. Yeah. That's right. You are he second. He's he's on on second he's he's on just, yeah, on my list. He's, 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 he's sorry, Nigel. Yeah, that's right. You are second indeed. Yeah. Okay. What I will say is that I'm very very impressed by people's bios. I was a little bit intimidated, to be honest, by how, how, how many things people do and fantastic And how many awards people have won or just or how many events they appear at and obviously people are incredibly active on the the spoken word scene so well done for that congratulations okay our first um our our first reader tonight is um to kick us off is is amanda nicholson who's the editor of this anthology Uh, she's written several novels under the name amanda steele and I know why that is because that's your name before you were married. Uh, <laughs> including Ghost of Me, which was shortlisted in the 2020 <coughs> Author Elite Awards. Amanda's also been published extensively online in, and for such publications as Readers Digest UK. Okay, let's give it up for Amanda. <laughs> <laughs>
1: point to read and this is called Only Today. If today was the last day to speak your truth before it was suffocated in lies and retrieving it felt like wading through quicksand, would you finally speak freely or continue to say you don't do politics? If today was the last day to show how you feel, to forget about self-imposed barriers and hear what others have to say, would you continue to talk over them? and play the same broken record instead. If today is all you get to make a change, will you still put off until tomorrow with way for thin excuses? Or will you take your last chance before everything you take for granted is stripped away and you're left out in the cold forever? Mm -hmm.
2: Thanks for starting us off. At this late, we'll be finished by about half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think like everyone's a bit longer than that. <laughs> fantastic. Thank you. Okay. Our next, I'm just going to read a bit of a uh, bit of a sort of bio out for our next um, speaker. Um, it's, so, our next speaker Scott Fellows. So, Scott is an author and poet. He retired in 2014 from a career in education. Scott was a teacher, a head teacher. And finally, an Ofsted inspector.
3: Mm. Oh, mm. yes. You
2: scared that's So, listen, I'll be checking your performance indicators later. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's got three books currently in print and is preparing a new poetry collection to be published later this year. Com- Scott completed an MA in Creative Writing in 2015 at Manchester Metropolitan University. And I, I like this bit, a little bit a little bit of a little bit of personal touch. Scott lives in Stockport with his wife Pam and Suki, a dog with attitude.
4: Thanks <laughs> Steve. <laughs> 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 Good evening everybody. You this year I've got my off clipboard here. <laughs> Yes, it is. It's actually what it is. <laughs> Um When I was asked to, to, to write something for this, um, I racked my brains really, what could I contribute? And then I remembered what better example or worse example than a guy who I used to live next door to many years ago, an old chap called Gilbert. This poem, a very short poem really, but there's a bit of preamble backstory, which is in the booklets actually, so I'll read it as it is in the booklet. Some years ago I lived next door to an old chap named Gilbert. He lived alone after the death of his wife with very few visitors. His two sons never visited. I managed to get him some home care as he was housebound, but only once every three days. He had a very limited income just his state pension, which really wasn't enough. As often as I could, I would do a bit of shopping for him or sit with him, but I had a young family at the time and didn't have time to do more. After a few months, the council made some cuts, which meant the home care stopped. I moved away and went abroad to work soon after and lost touch with Gilbert. Years later, a friend told me that he had been found dead in his house. Mm -hmm. The verdict for cause of death was hypothermia. Oh,
3: Jesus.
4: There had been a particularly cold snap that year, and when he was found, it was discovered that he had nothing left on his prepayment card oh,
5: for the electric,
4: goodness. and therefore for heating. Poor bastard. He had frozen to death. Bastards. I hate to think how many people are in a similar position now, young or old. I wrote this poem in his memory poem simply called Gilbert. The night lays down, dark, deep, as the faithful in their graves. He sits with his years in a room filled with utility furniture, fashioned like him during an old war. His single bar electric fire grows faint and dies amongst draughts that barge through cracked windows warped doors, the damp that seeps through sponge walls into skin and bone. Each night remembering grows harder as faces grow faceless. Faithless he sings a tuneless waltz he once danced with his wife, until, gripped by cold, he stiffens into endless sleep.
0: Thank you, Scott. Thank you for that.
2: Okay. Our our next. um um, our next reader is somebody who um, I did meet once, a few years ago before lockdown, at uh, an event at Salford University, and it's lovely to see him tonight. We are friends on Facebook, but we, it's like a thing, isn't it? you you're sort of friends on Facebook, but we don't actually see each other too much. Um, but it's great that he's here tonight. Um, it's it's uh, Stephen, Stephen Walling. His latest public Stephen's latest publication is... is is Lockdown Latitudes, which is published by the Leaf Press. Um, I know Stephen's interested in in I'm, I'm actually adding a little bit to what he's saying. I know Stephen's interested in, in, uh, in things about experimental poetry and, and, and innovative poetry. And um, he lives in, and Stephen lives in South Manchester and he, he he's got two jobs, neither of which provide enough money to live off in this age. Okay? Okay, let's give it up for Stephen, please. Woo!
5: Okay, right. um, I'm actually going to read two poems because I'm going to read one of John G. Hall's poems as well with with permission actually because I I think, um, uh, you know, unfortunately he couldn't make it tonight uh, partly because of poverty. Um, This is is a a poem which is quite an old poem now actually Uh, and um, the, the old pound coins used to have writing on the side of them uh, uh usually in Latin uh, one was in Welsh so anybody who can speak Welsh please uh, accept my apologies for my terrible Welsh pronunciation um but this is called deco at Tutane which is the which is the words that were in uh, which is the English coin because it was Scol- uh, Welsh and Scottish uh, uh, pound coins. All my life, in the presence of pound coins, won't be time enough to decode the words etched on their sides. But they mean business to my creditors. Creditors, I've heard the clinking colloquy of coins in hand. It says, "Look after the pennies. We'll look after ourselves." what they don't say, they'll leave only pennies to pay the bills, bastards, <laughs> things won't add up but are good at subtraction, money swears. it says, fuck off out of you, <laughs> fly do out if i in glad, which is to say, give me all you've got and I'll still at the door, bye, and off it drops to someone else's till. But then, more coins come along and say, Hi, we've got name or me impune like has it Al. <laughs> we'll buy you the earth. Heaven, hell, a whole warehouse of consumer goods that will never be yours. Now, sir, please, sign on the dotted line each fortnight. We'll barely keep you alive. A fickle bunch, eager to be spent, bartered, exchanged, for thin slices of action there goes another old friend off to squander itself when it's all gone i'll count out the change from zero lose it in my pocket full of holes
3: Was even worse than <laughs> anyway, this
6: is this is John
5: G. Hall's um, poem. I'm gonna read a poem of his called The Chills of Chance and I'll, I'll say I'll say something about him first actually. Um, I have to find some um, John G. Hall was founding editor of radical arts magazine Citizen 32 and was a political activist in the 1980s. Got kicked out of the Labour Party for being a militant. <laughs> John was published in Emergency Verse and The Robin Hood Book, edited by Alan Morrison. Also in volumes one, two and three of the best of Manchester Poets. His collection Poems for Explosions is published by Crisis Chronicles Press in Cleveland, United States. Uh, his latest book, Making the Dark Visible, is published by some Rost Poets Publications. He runs a Manchester Beat Poetry Night, Beatification. For the past 10 years, he has organised a writer's retreat on the island of Arran Scotland, as a degree in English Literature and Creative Writing from the University of Salford, And this is called, The Chills of Chance. Her revolution starts with this scratch card and ends in the food bank. With a bag of white sugar, assorted canned products and starvation weaponised into a sponge soaked in vinegar on the spearhead of a savage absent class. Head down she rubs harder and blows the silver away and begins to scratch again.
7: Thank you.
2: So that's Stephen, and thanks for reading uh, John's uh, uh, poem out as well. I know um, I know he was a bit gutted he couldn't make it tonight. Um, <coughs> okay, our next reader is Lucy Powell. Lucy is a man- lives in Manchester as a published poet, musician, and artist. Lucy originally trained as a fine artist, but uh, multiple sclerosis began to limit her practice, so she looked for, for other ways to create art. Lucy has a master's in creative writing, like all that's us you. Uh, <laughs> Her writing involves contemporary situations and diverse characters. Okay. Lucy Powell. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Um, could I just say that I
3: think this publication is amazing, and Amanda has done an incredible job to pull it all together, it <laughs> <laughs> um,
8: So this poem
1: <laughs> was inspired by uh, various politicians on Radio 4 saying the same thing over and over again. We're well aware what's going on, and we don't care. No, they didn't say that. But, <laughs> did they? they kept saying the same thing over and over again, and it just started to really annoy me. And then the, 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 final, uh, <laughs> the final thing for me was uh, reading Boris Johnson's Leveling Up speech, and hearing him say the following, uh, and this is written down before my poem. He said, We do not think that you can make the poor parts richer, by making the rich parts poorer. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that inspired this poem. And it's a villanelle, um, because I just think they kept saying the same thing over and over again. So a villanelle uses the same lines repeatedly, so they sort of echo themselves. Anyway, I'll shut up. It's called Public Relations. With dreadful smiles, the politicians say, we understand how difficult it seems We're well aware the future's looking grey, with one in five in poverty today. So we'll economise and modify our schemes. With dreadful smiles the politicians say, we'll have far fewer banquets, less souffle, and streamline all of our investment teams. We're well aware the future's looking grey, but we cannot sell the flat in Saint-Tropez, or lose the party's richest funding streams. With dreadful smiles the politicians say that the mistress needs the Porsche, so that must stay, and the golf, the boat, and the mansion with oak beans. We're well aware the future's looking grey, so here's some food bank beans, and a doorway for your cold hard cardboard bed with duct tape seams. With dreadful smiles the politicians say, we're well aware your future's looking grey.
2: Thank you, you, Lucy, thank you very much. Okay, our next reader is Philip Burton. won several, Phillips won several presti- prestigious poetry competitions uh, across the UK. And uh, in 2019 uh, was a particularly successful year for him, uh, holding down uh, four uh, type, four poetry um, winners' titles. Um, so that's fantastic for him. And impressively he received the Commendation and the Poetry Society standard, standard competition in 2020 for his poem on the theme of dyslexia, his latest book is called The Life Dyslexic*, and it's published by Payowell Press um, and published last year. Philip Burton.
9: <laughs> for people to starve, it is only necessary for a government to do nothing. And this government sits on its hands. The legitimate pay increase sought by public sector workers can be met by one and a half percent tax on all those with five million pound income. How good would that be? I cast my vote for Clement Attlee. In an ideal world, I cast my vote for the likes of Clement Attlee, Prime Minister, 1945 to 1951, or someone, not a shyster or a banker, someone who could stand and talk, not at me, but that and that was Clement Apley. Yes, I'd have gladly voted for Clement Attlee, <coughs> accused of arriving at number 10 in an empty taxi, implying he was nothing, a non-entity, But he wasn't. He quietly got on with a job. Yes, I'd have gladly voted for Clement Ackley. But as there is no Clement Ackley, I'll aim to give my vote to someone newly poor or someone misunderstood. One thing for sure, i would give the world for Clement Ackley. Thank you. Has anyone heard of the new Brexit OXO Cube? Mm. No? It's a laughing stock. (laughs) Oh god. God. (laughs) (laughs) I like
3: like it. (laughs) (laughs) Next point. That's
0: just a bad (laughs) album.
10: Rushing on to the next point.
9: Very quickly. On (laughs) On the leave of all hallows.
10: There's a man at the door, ma'am. A politician. Saying we Brexit out of the mix. He won't recognise the nation, ma'am. They'll they'll have silenced the eccentrics and be getting round to you, ma'am. No, not an electric man, ma'am. He's a populist, ma'am. No, not selling flowers, ma'am. He's a new broom, ma'am. No, not selling brushes, ma'am. He's a politician. Which means, is he at a gas man? My mum says, come in. We've a Dragostar flu heater, which the gas man patted saying, a proper good and reater. Tell the politician he's not broke. He's fiddling with it, mum, <laughs> with his Brexiteer spanner and his Bullington hammer. He's an amateur gas fitter, He's He's undone the seal. God is no deal on the table, man. He's Brexit in the gas fire, man. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Thanks for that,
2: Philip. So can I just check if we got anybody coming in a bit? as Mark Heathcoat here? Yeah. No. No. Just stay here. Uh, okay. That's fine. Okay. our next, our next reader is is, uh, is is Linda Downs. Linda works as uh, an advocate with people who have mental health and addiction issues. <coughs> Linda's featured in various anthologies. and has been writing for several cool. years. And only recently, Linda's started performing a work across Manchester, and i to say she's actually appeared uh, two or three occasions lately at uh, Speakeasy. So uh, let's welcome Linda Downs.
11: I work with mental health, um, a lot of people, um, I work with homeless people, a lot of people judge homeless <laughs> people, as street addicts, um, worthless, a lot of people who come to me are men who've been through marriage breakdowns, have no home, uh, have previously worked, suffered with mental health and then they get ill um, and they end up homeless and then obviously they come to us. So I think the thing is, I think we've got to change our perspective of what we think about homeless people and poor people, because most of us are only like one wage packet away out from poverty, to be fair. Um, I don't think many of us in this room are probably that secure. Um, Anyway, this is my piece. It says, the doctor says I have nine lives. Nine. The ride home from work ended with black ice. Porcelain bones wrapped around gray metal and blue enamel. Life and death fighting for power (coughs) amongst the wires and beeps of intensive care. Eight. I stare up from my hospital bed at the sterile ceiling of the Sistine Chapel and I am Michelangelo, creating a fantasy world with pretend paint while depression, the constant eraser, is scratching away at the colour hope. Seven. At night, the pain hammers along damaged nerve endings, the black dog growls and the shadows of my lungs, the sheer weight of his presence sh- shrinking their capacity to screen. Six. Stitched together, I appear whole again, a network of agony dulled by pink and white pills, a fragile vase, a patchwork of glue, so easily shattered again. Five, unable to work, reduced to a diagnosis, I still need to eat, so as the government's begging bowl demands, I jump through hoops till I am dizzy and confused. Four, initiated into the world of universal credit and disability payments, I become just an email, no emotion allowed unless it is gratitude. My issues must be logged in the online journal so they can monitor my spiraling descent. Three, I am invisible, a Dickens character. Poverty has reduced me to nothing. The view from this poorhouse has remained unchanged for over a century. The black ice is back this time on the inside of the windows and I am sliding. Two, oncoming headlights blurring my vision. My journal please go unanswered. My phone is out of credit. My anxiety says this is only what I deserve and that I am worthless. One. Winter rubs its hands in glee, sucks the wall from this early grave. My mind lays back in the Great Depression. I have nothing left to bank on. Still, all is not lost. I have a stash of pink and white pills, a skeleton key to oblivion. Zero. Thank you. Whoa. Whoa.
2: Thank you for that, Linda. Um, this is going to be our, um, our last reader of this half, and then uh, Jack from Mustard Mustard Tree is uh, he's going to come up and say a few words. Um, okay, so our next um, our next reader and contributor is Rosemary Moore. and Rosemary is is a, is, a member, <coughs> uh, is an active member of the Ribble Valley Stanza and Clitheroe Writing Groups. She also hosts an international online creative writing group called Creatives Connected. Rosemary's a collection of poems called Walking in the Ribble Way. It's a bit tricky, say safe, you got an R thing like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your teeth, your teeth get in the way. So, published a collection of poems called Walk in the Ribble Way, From Sea to Source, Poems for Your Journey, published in 2021. Most of Rosemary's writing is inspired by nature and travel. Rosemary Moore.
12: With this, uh With this poem, I wrote it about a year ago, and when I showed it to my niece, she put together a montage of media clips that are going to accompany the poem. So, uh, if I'm not speaking, don't worry, it will come. So, this is... Let's get it started.
3: <laughs>
12: Exposure. Physicians spend money investigating parties. They're dying of exposure of their flaws. You overspend on fuel in November, get overdrawn in December. By January it's frigid, but your overdraft is rigid. Come February, snowdrops peak through snow. In bed, toes Worn cheeks, red nose, drips. In the kitchen, cupboards bare, cold shiver, cold reactions, slow enzymes slow
3: hypothermic
7: art.
12: I should have mentioned Scottford University again for my, my advice.
3: keeps <laughs> <It's> coming up. <laughs>
2: Thanks very much for that Rosemary. I Thanks got, for coming I from uh this evening we we can get a screenshot of that. thank you for that. It cut out my mind them, mind making the effort to come mind across. Mind. Um, okay, so before we have a brief break, a um, I'm just gonna introduce uh, uh, Jack from Mustard Tree He's gonna i I'm sure he's gonna say a few words about the organisation. Okay, Jack everybody.
13: Thanks for wondering about the step, I definitely would have gone over that. Um, No, thank you um, to everybody for coming. My name's Jack Barton, I'm Communications uh, Manager at Mustard Tree. Our um, mission is to combat poverty and prevent homelessness, so a lot of our approach is working with people who are in danger of becoming homeless through arrears, debts, other circumstances, redundancy, you name it, we see it every single day. there's obviously a lot of intelligence in the room, so I'm not gonna patronize your boy with poverty stats. I'm sure you all know how bad it is at the moment. I'm just preaching to the choir. Uh, what I will say is we were working with a chap um, last week who had been spending his state pension on paying his rent. And to him that he was entitled to local housing allowance. And because he was doing that, he was having to use our food club we have food clubs across our three hubs, it's not a food bank, it's a little bit more dignified, shall we say, because people pay a small contribution to use it. It's more like a community grocer, which you are probably seeing pop up more and more across Greater Manchester. But it's just that knowledge, and the fact that the person was probably doing that for a few months before it was flagged up by his uh, social worker, made us think a lot more analytically about how we combat poverty, and. Our main focus for 2023 now is maximising people's income by any means possible. That could be helping somebody get into work or get into real living wage work you know, with good hours and secured hours. For those on disability who are unable to work, it could be through other avenues, usually by maximising that, that person's income. There's something like £26 million of unclaimed benefits in Greater Manchester alone. This is one that people are entitled to. They just don't know that they've got access to it. Um, I see a lot of nodding heads. You probably know about this already, but it's something that I've only learned in the last six months or so. I'm learning continuously. Gilbert, you know those examples that we see that, that Scott mentioned that is in his work is just all too familiar. Our place. We never closed during COVID. We used our furniture collection vans to distribute food all across Greater Manchester. And to a lot of people who were having to isolate, which was well into 18 months into that COVID crisis situation, the interaction with our drivers was the only interaction they were getting on a weekly basis. And that's, you know, it's traumatising um, for some of our support workers. And it's all hidden. This is the crucial thing about this. Um, there's lack of communication there. Before I, I started Musterie about five years ago as a paid employee, I volunteered my time two years before that. I was helping in the job club and that was helping people write CVs, cover letters, uh, applying for jobs online. Um, one of our regulars, Leslie, would just come. He was on disability and uh, I think I spent an hour or the two-hour session just getting him logged into his Universal Credit account. He always used to forget his password and. He was never going to work Leslie, you know, he was just in that situation, but that was alright with me because he would come in for the social interaction, he would come in because he got his lunch on us, if he was engaging he was coming out there, and at the time that meant more to us than anything else and he seemed happy and content, but that pressure that he had on the job centre, um, I think Linda, uh, you picked it up in, in your work, that, that downward spiral can be catastrophic for people. if. Uh, if it all goes wrong and there's so many ways people can fall down now and that's quite worrying to us so all we can do is fight people's battles mm. for them. I think someone from GM, uh, VCO said recently it's not about making things better at the moment it's just about managing how bad it can get and we've got to look at that first. We got through Christmas we're still in a tough winter period but we've got to have that hope as well and hope for us at the moment is celebrating every success so every time we get somebody's benefit sorted for them every time we stop uh, an eviction from a rogue landlord every time we get somebody into a real living wage job i came straight here from the clayton um hotel today so took somebody over for induction and he'll be starting in the kitchen there uh, next month that's a success for us that's one less person having to use our food club but we need bigger scale, and we need more volume, and we need more urgency around that. and uh, picked up in those media clippings. It's that sense of urgency we need right now more than anything else. I've always had an affinity with spoken word. When I first started, uh, I was in a fundraising role, and my boss said, "You need to go and see Rob Stevenson. And Rob Stevenson runs uh, Pumpkin Dublin. Yeah, I don't know Rob. I know, uh, fantastic. And you know, he raises a few quid for us each session." I worked out a couple of months ago over that period. He's supported us since I've been there. He's raised over £10,000 for us. Mm-hmm. And that, as a collective, I think Rob deserves that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess what I'm trying to say is that collectivism now. You know, you're supporting us tonight through purchasing uh, Amanda's book. and I just want to give her back. <laughs> a back round of applause to Amanda's <laughs> book. You, supporting Mustry as well but with every church group, community group, spoken word night, corporate, trust, grant, you know we're trying to raise 2.6 million pounds this kind of year to help more people in more meaningful ways because we are growing, we don't have a growth strategy, we are growing organically because the need is that, um, but now, When I first started it was about £800,000 a year. But we're getting a lot of backing because the council know that we can get the unemployment figured out and we are doing things in the right way in terms of focusing on homelessness prevention and that's the big takeaway message for me and that everybody i'm speaking to at the moment is we've got to focus on the prevention side it's a lot easier to somebody in that circumstance so thanks so much for coming out it's good to be surrounded by a bunch of like-minded people and all i can say at the moment is uh, keep up the good fight and thank you so much for your time tonight
6: I'm okay
2: I think everybody's cool. back up Can on the Can you
0: do me a favour? Um, yeah. Take a picture of me. Okay, okay before we start, before yeah, totally. the on the stage, then I've
2: been informed that we We've got a fantastic response tonight with people buying the, uh, the anthology, so <laughs> that's brilliant. Amanda's actually got two copies left, and so quote Andy, the odd one back at the plop.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. okay, I think he's talking about the book. Yeah. Um, no, no, no comment. <laughs> yeah. No comment, not just himself.
3: <laughs> no
2: comment. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, it is available on Kindle, and you can order it off, um, off Amazon as well, and apparently, um, I've got quite follow Andy, but I think you said it, it's, it can be quite lucrative as well, um, if you order from Amazon, that, that our cup, our cup, collective our cup, musketry's it's, 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 it's not too bad as well, okay? so there are still some, um, you've got a copy there, so if anybody's not got one, and you've got £6 to spare them. Great. Okay, then we've got um, six readers, So uh, say we should be finished by half nine. Plenty of time there, five minutes apiece roughly. Um, Don't feel obliged to fill them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Got early (laughs) shifts (laughs) it. No, of course I'm 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 on the job. So, so. Um, to kick us off, um, our next reader is, is, um, is one of the organisers tonight, it's is, is Andy N. Uh, Andy, have you ever received an email from Andy? Do you ever seen what he's got at the bottom of his email? <laughs> <It's right. laughs> If you've got to spend sort of half an hour, you can sort of weigh your way down all the things that he does, yeah? And I know a lot of people do. here also do a lot of things. Um, just don't put them all at the bottom of the email. Anyway, um, Andy, 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 Andy's the author of several poetry books, the most recent, most recent being From the Diabetic Ward, Volume 1. And Andy, he creates uh, ambient music. Uh, he creates <laughs> ambient music under the name of Ocean in a Bottle. And he also co-runs uh, Spoken Word Night and he does a fantastic job with that, let me tell you, uh, Speakeasy. And he also runs slash co-runs podcasts such as Spoken Label. I know some writers here would have maybe been featured on Spoken uh, Label. So let's give it up uh, for Andy M. Yeah.
0: I've read that stage. I'm going to get that step to put it on, do there. <laughs> anyway, right, before we start everybody, give Amanda a man another round of applause because there's a lot to say here. Just to the job. <laughs> a job on of course, like, you get with both creative people, like, it's every time one of us starts their creative project off, it gives you that sort of rush. he's like, you sat there thinking, my God, how do we do it, like, with each other? And then, you know, what you do is one last year to me? I turned around and said to her immediately, yeah, do it, because Buster Tree are an incredible charity and they got my like, full worth and respect and the man has done an absolute tremendous job for this. It's like it's the only time she, like, she's put everything into this book last year and she's asked me a couple of times to advice on certain little bits and pieces but I've done an extra nothing on this and apart from helping the Rangers tonight with wonderful Steve as well. Let's give Steve a round of applause. Right? He Stamina for the housing game. Sorry. <laughs> right. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I've just, just drop my bookmark as well. <laughs> okay. Right. Piece mm-hmm. on with is This actually is a serious one actually as well. Because when we, I knew what was going to happen at the time, I had to try and think to myself, well, what can I write about this? And the only way I could look back was if I thought back to the winter of 1982 really, because when I was 10, because my dad, got, dad was working mm-hmm. over at GEC in Trafford Park, and he got laid off not long before that. And the unemployment was that bad for him, it took him two and a half years to get another job. And is that like the case in the time in question any about myself, my brother and my younger and my sister as well, it was just a bloody nightmare it was so. And this is my dad really, it's called everything in the middle. You understand poverty all too well when your father was told back in 1982, his job at GEC in Trafford Park was now being moved to London. He led the walkout before them leaking the story to the press, refusing to spend a month down-self, teaching somebody else's job. You understand poverty all too well Well, when he'd spend the next eighteen months out of work and struggled up two Christmases with three young children, not sure where his next penny was going to come from, as he became increasingly worried about how they were going to survive. You understand poverty all too well, with worn-out shoes and outgrown pants and relief in his face, but he got a new job in 1984, only for his relief to change his stress overnight, surviving on less money, and he had started in overtime just to ensure he could pay all the bills in time. You understand poverty all too well in 40 years later, when after your pay was frozen for years, you were given notice your job was going and told there was a call sent or nothing. You were left there, repeating your father's actions, starting a new job of extra hours just to keep going. You understand poverty all too well, were in 1982 of 2022, and you see the similarities between the times, the constant rising bills, strike threats, and the real fear of return to that winter of 1978, when you had repeated strikes and no real ends the misery in sight. You understand poverty all too well. With train workers going on strike, and Royal Mail, whose managers are reportedly trying to force their staff onto, an hour, onto a zero hours contract, murdering everything that went on before, and their government has uh, seem to turn the country to its knees. You understand poverty all too well of your lifetime, and your fathers, and the pair of your pay. Uh, I'm struggling with the light here, sorry. And the pattern that crawls its way over our very existences, whipping our feet from underneath ourselves, making us realise things ain't that different from Victorian times, repeating into the 21st century, and everything in the middle. Cheers. Well oh, done,
2: mate. Thanks, Andy. Thanks Thank <laughs> for and um, so just me because I've just had to shuffle a couple of readers and that like, running all around. Um, and just just to go through, just to go through, we've got um, Michael Michael Burton next, and then after that we have um, April Manderson. Um, Is he's not here now? Nope. Okay. And we've got Nigel, and I've seen Nigel. Nigel's here. Uh, Philip Carter and Gordon, okay, in that Gordon Zola. Okay, so that's the running order for this half. All right, I'll just introduce the next reader. He actually uh, did a fine job uh, hosting uh, a speakeasy, because we have a rotating host at speakeasy. We try to give people a freshen up a little bit so they don't have to listen to me all the time. Um, Okay, our next uh, writer is Michael Burton. Now, Michael is from East Lancashire. And he says that in his in his blurb because he doesn't want to say bake up. So, Michael. <laughs> Michael what do you like? <laughs> Michael is from East Lancashire.
3: <laughs>
2: he's, a, he's a fine poet. I've read some of his stuff recently, and he's been published in various prestigious publications, most recently in The Interpreter's House, The Honest Ulsterman, and Pennine Platform. And he's also a musician, but. We won't go into that
3: here.
14: <laughs> it's Michael Burton. Sorry Steve and uh, thanks for having us in the collection. Um, so we have a lot of uh, shortages at the moment. Um, one thing we don't have shortages of is uh, patronising advice on how we should save money. <laughs> so. Um, This poem's uh, written about that, it's called To Survive the Crisis. All you've got to do is splurge a little less, Graft a little more, consolidate your debts, Smoke, roll ups, drink Asda brand rum, Cut out all things marked frivolous and fun. Ditch your Netflix, your Prime, your iTunes, Delay your nights out till early next June, Reduce your gas and electric use Your want to be warm is no good excuse So the books you bought and read them online The bus station in town now has free Wi-Fi Replace with haste your taste for lattes From now on no breaks from Black Cafe. It is all, in fact, just as simple as that The courage, the patience is all that you lack learn from the man in the flat next to yours grateful for the scraps he can barely afford or the mother you walk past almost every day offering herself for some overtime pay it's time for you now to follow their lead forget all your talk of the corporate class greed there's enough to get by if you just sacrifice all that you have that comes with a price life after all has its booms and its busts, Just make do with less, and don't make a fuss.
7: Whoa! Woo. <laughs> <clears throat> okay,
14: uh, I was uh, lucky enough to get a uh, second one in the collection then. this one's called Crisis, What Crisis? <clears throat> There's peace on earth like never before. Enough jobs for us all on warehouse floors. Enough houses or at least caravans. There's stocks in the shops all. That's the plan. We've still got our schools and our not so crowded prisons. The crime may be up but the violent type hasn't risen. Much. We've still got our phones and our oh so loved devices. And we've never known such low avocado prices. So crisis. (laughs) What crisis? The <laughs> crisis? What crisis? There's police in our streets and most we can trust. There's so many shows online on Disney Plus. There's never been a time more people have degrees. Soon we'll have more of them than we have trees. We've mobile phones and the singles dating apps. We're never lost, now we've got Google Maps. By all comparisons this is bliss. Life's never been close to as good as this. Crisis, you ask, what crisis? Crisis, what crisis? There's solar panels and windmills all around. No coal plants or gas works to be found. No teenage smokers anymore. No immediate threat of civil war. So what's with all this dull and dreary news? Don't you know there's other truths you can choose? You might as well take this hit. It's never you or your lot will decide this. Crisis or not, we say what crisis? Crisis. What crisis? crisis. Thank
7: you. Yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah, thanks very much. Um, our next read is April. Um, so April, Mand- a- April Manderson is, um, is a councillor. Uh, Before we go to that, I want to really nice. stage, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't see it about I'm not
3: a, the popcorn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So April is, video is a councillor who works primarily it. in education settings. <coughs> She's a passionate advocate for holistic wellbeing approaches, a proud mum of a fantastic young person. Right. I wish my mum would have said that about am oh. <laughs> <laughs> a research Fellow at MMU School of Education and a founding member of a community writing collective and I'm delighted to see April sometimes comes to me that speak easy as well. April
7: Manderson. Woo.
8: I'm going to get into trouble when someone says my surname as well as my name. (laughs) Um, i Anderson. Um, Okay, so. um, Yeah, just to echo Jack's sentiments earlier, um, I do work in mental health, and I'm I'm a real advocate for managing things rather than fixing them. And uh, also this idea of preventative working. I think we really need to focus on doing more with less, so it's about preventative. I've been been singing this for years, but finally it feels like there's green shoots of it everywhere. So I wrote this a while ago, um, over the summer actually, in response to basically everything that's going on around us, Um, and I've just tweaked it a bit for tonight um, and for the book. It's changed a little bit since since the book. Thank you, Amanda, for asking me actually the first time I've actually ever been published anywhere. There's really? not been an academic word really? the <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that's the, this is the start of something, who knows. <laughs> Alright, so anyway, this is called Hard Times Call for Furious Dancing, and that title is based on a, an Alice Walker poem, who is somebody, uh, a writer that uh, says a lot of really important stuff that speaks to me. Anyway, so... Hard times calls for furious dancing, so I'm making militant moves, as a simple sway of the hips won't do, and we're all being had for fools. You trust me up for 44 days and winter's not finished with me. But I've double-checked, and I'm fairly sure that body heat is still free, so hard times call for furious dancing, and I think that time is now, so I'm going to shake what my mama gave me for all I'm worth and how I'm gonna call out to my ancestors reach my head up to the sky tilt my body backwards I'm gonna feel the beat. I'm gonna fly and move it move it one time move it move it oh yeah move it move it up shake it till I make it till I've nothing left to lose but this fucking awful government and their draconian right-wing views um, sorry about myself. <laughs> Got to be emotional there. Um, uh, like no-one's watching. I've said that bit, haven't I? There
3: you
8: go. Yeah, like no-one's watching. When everyone's watching and you've nothing left to lose but this fucking awful government and their nasty right-wing views. So let's dance into the revolution because the best things in life are free. And hard times call for furious dancing, so come on and dance with me. Woo! Yay!
10: Yay!
2: That and such a buzz as well for you That's a you know, you've got something published, something creative, yeah, as opposed to academics. That's a that's a real sort of bonus for you as well, so that's fantastic. Um, our next, uh, our next reader is somebody I met before. We used to when we started off with um Speakeasy, uh, we used to run, run it in Stretford, and I met this uh, chap a couple of times. He came to Stretford, um, it's Nigel, Nigel is. Nigel's a valued member of the Stockport Vital right Out Loud poetry group. I just said member, but I put valued in. Was that OK? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> All right, mate. Thought love a, it. I thought like he needed an adjective. Right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Is OK? <laughs> <laughs> a well-loved member. Well-loved. <laughs> well-loved. Oh, Even better. You oh.
0: might want to substitute the word love sometimes. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll, I'll, I'll later state, then. So. Nigel is a well-loved member of the Stockport Vital right Out Loud poetry group. He is known for his explicit poetry. <laughs> okay. After, After hours. However, he often produces more serious work. Users to the acclaim from the other group members of You Won't Expect That from Nigel. Nigel Astor. <laughs> <laughs> First
7: poem I'm
1: going
15: to read is something that. We all know, you know, uh, talking about the crisis, being alone and with our own thoughts. When you ask somebody, somebody you know, somebody you think you know, are you all right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes to say, yeah, I'm okay. And it made me write this point. It's okay not to feel okay. Life itself, at these extraordinary, difficult times, can present many challenges. When this happens, there is always, always someone who cares and can help. You okay? Yeah, sure issues hidden, short-term, secured, safe, multiplying themselves, mood swings no longer. Mm -hmm. Able to stop onslaught, complete breakdown, mental instability, human kindness comes calm. Asking again, you okay? This time, not really is the expected answer. My second point really is uh, an overall picture, really, which is presenting itself and that we have to deal with. It's called, Permanent Black Hole Engulfing Us All, Solving One, Another Prevails. Endurance tested, frustration encountered, stress, instability, overwhelming problems, never-ending challenges, persistent response, solving one, Another prevails.
3: Mm.
15: Now this now this poem is by Dorinda McDowell, who unfortunately couldn't come tonight um, uh, because of a, a personal um, problem at home. But she said that I could read this out and it's called Feels Like My Birthday. National Insurance, my grandma used to call it. The Toffs, giving handouts to the likes of us. Nothing's changed except the name. Same old platinum, same old patronage, same old struggles. I thank God for potatoes. So many ways to cook them, and they're filling. Good job, my fellow left. Really, all his money went on booze. Just me and Billy now. He's mine and a good one. Well I can't wait to see his face when he comes home from school and smells the shepherd's pie cooking. Got some tin minced beef. the food bank chuck in some peas and spots and a bit of gravy Bob's your uncle I'll tell him I had mine earlier I don't think he notices when I'm lying I'm not hungry anyway not really I'm happy today though. Landed well, a part-time job cleaning at the swan. Cash in hand. So sub the bloody Tories. Never trust a man. Jacobin. My grandma used to say, by God she was right. When I get paid, I treat me and Billy to fish and chips from the corner shop. He'll think it's his birthday. Feels like my birthday as well. Up early tomorrow to be at the Swan for six. What a godsend that job was. Well, be all right, me and Billy. I'll make sure of that and to hell with the bloody government. Whoa. Whoo! You
0: don't that last piece. Nigel, you, you own that last piece of it then. God. I videoed that as so well. I sent it to Dorinda. That's good, Nigel. Cheers. I like any work that's got fish and chips
2: mentioned. <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Did you know that? Fish and chips were not rationed in the Second World War. You can just mm-hmm. tell people that, you know, about parties and things, yeah. Um, but I, I, went, well, I was in Stratford today, Stratford Mall, and we've got like a pension special fish and chips, six quid. It's six quid, It's six quid next door as well. Six quid. Is it? This one here. And it's not even a pension special either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Steve, that's Chorton prices. You
2: know that's Stretford and a pensioner special. In Chelten you expect it, don't you? London's not sick, but just for the fish. Anyway, anyway, come on, we're getting sidetracked, people. We're doing so well for time as well. Come on, stay on (laughs) it. Okay, Philip Carter is in the what? Let me just check Philip's next year's year after Nigel, yeah? Nigel, value member. Philip Carter. Philip Carter is an award-winning comedy poet and author of dark science fiction. His debut, debut book, Who Built the Humans?, has been called Genius and Blasphemous. It doesn't actually say you said it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: and, <it's> <laughs> and his talk show, The Philip Carter
2: Show, picks up coloured people and shakes them until funny things fall out. OK, Philip's actually had that speakeasy as well, very entertaining media, very good. Let's give it up for Philip
7: Carton.
6: wanted to be one of those cool poets, you know, that wears sunglasses, but actually it's really difficult to read with. Anyway, this one is set in an alternate universe where Canada's medical assistance in dying scheme makes its way to the UK.
3: And
6: it's a list of all the people that the government might kill. Very cheerful, (laughs) compared to my other work. We're a brave new world, with a new world order, where nobody is illegal and no country has a border and everyone is equal, and life is sublime. And if it isn't, we'll give you a deadline. And if you're too sick, don't worry, we know loads of little pricks. <laughs> because why live feeble when you could take the needle? And if your condition stops you from seeing your friend, my form is overshadowing the poem, you can visit us for a short look to the end. And if you've got a mental illness that keeps you out of work, we can ferry you into an inescapable chillness beyond that final hypnagogic jerk. That's one for the neuroscientists. Anybody in the audience? Woo! neuroscientists. No, there never is there is is there? <laughs> uh, it's the modern equivalent of cutting the brakes on your wheelchair and going for a nice long walk by the coast. And we know it's not hard. No, it's really not fair to be solid when it's easier to just be a ghost. It's a final solution for the weary worker, a horror story, to be turned into BBC tearjerker. They'll tell it good in Hollywood when you're not yet cold. They'll write some piffy dialogue about how you never got old. They'll make it with that actor you despise. He'll do your signature dead face (laughs) and stare out with vacant eyes and later get fired for biting the director's thighs. (laughs) <laughs> in the year 2525, in the year 2525, when the poor people are no longer alive, when we helped all the disabled die, you will cry. In the year 2595, only the richest folks will survive, only the wretched zombies will thrive in their hive and do lots of incest, because that's what they like. (laughs) (laughs) And back down here, it's a match made in heaven, and that's where you're going with the symptoms you're showing. You see, there's not much we can do outside of upping your disability pay or helping you find purpose in life. But to be honest, maybe we can't be asked. And you're nothing much more than surplus. You're depressed, badly dressed, and perpetually in a state of itching unrest. And we'll make it civil, if you like. You can take the drug at home, if you'd rather die alone. Or you could come to the clinic. Don't be a cynic. You can't criticise what you've not tried. And guess what? You can't sue us once you've died here at the home for medical assistance in suicide. Yes, at the clinic, we'll help you slip into something more comfortable like the icy embrace of death. We'll make each last moment tweetable as you draw your final breath. And as you shudder toward oblivion with each hypnagogic jerk, we'll turn and say to your friends, Ah, oh, such a shame you couldn't find work. Because really, what's the point of being poor, disabled and depressed? When you could get it all off your chest by having a government-assisted cardiac arrest. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're gone you can meet God, who I won't capitalise in this poem because I hate the sod, but maybe he hates us too and hates poems that end prematurely because the author signed up to
3: the...
0: mean you mean these young book.
2: thanks for okay our last um our last act tonight uh reader performer is gordon zola um yeah. if you see the gone. blurb, did he go there i've uh, seen see the blurb there in the boxes it has got i've just worked out what the pun is it's taken me all day uh, no gordon zola uh brackets oh yeah i e, got it yeah e
0: Really by himself.
2: To the... performed we'll okay. and anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, some... hosted comedy and poetry, The length and breadth of Great Britain, well, I've seen him in Presswich <laughs> and <laughs> beyond for over 25 years. He's released uh, a music, uh, some some, uh, some of his poetry uh, back with music, uh, back by music, sorry, uh, No Strings Attached, See what he does there, you see? To, no, as a, yeah, as a poster. Yeah, yeah. A pop, fantastic as well. A poetry collection. The Wheelie really years which I've actually got and recommend, fantastic. Which some people say wasn't rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so Let's give it up for Gordon Zola.
7: <laughs> Woo! Uh,
16: this is called Breaking News. Well, Paddington's five minutes of fame didn't last long, did it? He? <laughs> hey, Sweller Brownman's only had him deported back to Peru as an illegal immigrant. <laughs> Snow White's been forced to claim universal credit since they closed down the mine and made the Seven Dwarves redundant. And if you think Grumpy was back before, he's less than happy at having to sign on. <laughs> Tin Man's waiting for a heart transplant on the National Health Still. It's over a year now. Scarecrow got his brain, Scarecrow.
3: Scarecrow (laughs) got his brain,
16: didn't he? He's been in booper all along. Three pigs still try to keep from the wolf from the door. Alice isn't in Wonderland anymore. And poor old Tom Tom the Piper's son. He was doing a two-year stretch in strange ways. I won't mind, It was his first offence. And the pig wasn't even big enough to feed his family. Ah, Untie-dumtie, is a shell of the person he is. the shell of the egg. Oh, is no, And uh, the least said about Georgie Porgie, <laughs> the better. He's only a man that's the date rape. <laughs> Bye bye black sheep suing the council for racial discrimination. And old King Cole had got busted for the possession. There were strings attached so he should get off with it. Which is more than could be said for the knave of ours. He got caught red-handed with them tarts.
3: Again. <laughs> oh. He was on the cards every offend.
16: Comes yeah. from a broken home you know. But unfortunately. The Owl and the Pussycat, those poor refugees who set to sea in that beautiful pea-green boat got arrested at Dover, <laughs> They now await transport to Rwanda. Yeah. Remember the old woman who lived in a shoe? The old lady with all those children? Well, she hasn't got that problem anymore. Kids got repossessed.
3: No, the kids got me <laughs> 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 I like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good
0: bit of, yeah. <laughs> good bit of <laughs> improvisation. <laughs> yeah.
16: Even the shoe got me The <laughs> <laughs> kids start taking into care. You'll find us slumps in Sainsbury's doorway every night. There is one success story, though. a little Miss Muffet. Vertically challenged girls, scared to spiders. Well, she only had counselling, didn't she? She's now one of the country's top influencers. She formed a company, Arachnids Ros, and she streams a weekly Keep Fit from a webcast from Suffolk to 5K in five weeks.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
16: <laughs> but, unfortunately, She lost everything when Bill Gates took over the web and the fear of spiders even returned. Now, last I heard, she was eking out a a living as a a webcam artist on Babestation. As you guessed, these are just the Ramblings of my fevered imagination. They couldn't happen in reality.
12: Could they? Thank mm-hmm.
7: <laughs> you. <Yay.
3: laughs> <laughs> okay. uh,
16: unfortunately, uh I am now going to identify and embrace my female side as a <laughs> and I've gone to uh, my partner, Eve, come here tonight and she's having a boiler service, which isn't a euphemism. <laughs> I'll tell her that that's what speech to her. Okay, so I'll... Uh, Good service. I'll read out Eve's bio, really, if I can. I've got content lenses in, so it's a bit difficult. But... Eve Norley is a Birmingham-born writer with a passion for ecology Every rock and birds custed.
3: <laughs> That's true.
16: She has a background in the H.S. and academia. As a performance poet, she has shared her work countryside on festival stages and the central reservation of Preston New Road. I was there with that one. And the anti-fracking. In support of the environment and the right to peaceful protest. Eve is the co-author of two collections, Love and Lust in Berry* and Rochdale. And Drift Words with Christopher Bainbridge. She's recently published a collection of poetry and prose paying homage to her own town, Bourne-Sabron. She's currently performing as half of the Innerverse comedy duo, Chalk and Cheese.
3: I'm
14: going to
16: off the phone because i contact lenses I can't see in the book. So let's hope. This is called, uh, it's a letter full of love. And it's actually a letter to Eve's youngest daughter, who's 23, and they've not seen each other for a while. So I try and do it justice. My darling friend, I'm writing to tell you how much I love you. As I know I don't tell you anything like often in your We are facing tough times as a nation and as inhabitants of planet Earth, and I'm hoping that you'll wear that love I'm sending you like a suit of armor to protect you against pettiness, injustice, and the self-serving super-rich who seem determined to wage war on mankind. On a more mundane but still important note, I wanted to talk to you about soup. Always a warm and heartening subject, apart from that viché which in my opinion sounds like a very unpleasant French swear word. In strange times when purses are empty and stomachs hungry, soup is a cracking culinary choice, especially if you can sling in what do you sling in? Red lentils <laughs> <laughs> or oh, butter beans to boost the protein in iron quotients. My top tip is to make your soup in a pan with a tight fitting lid, bring it to the boil for two to three minutes then turn off the fuel and leave it to cook in the residual heat for 10 minutes. Try your veg and if still not cooked repeat the process. It's a bit more labour-intensive than the traditional simmer for four to five minutes approach but uses a lot less fuel. You may need need to add a little more seasoning than usual, but it's still cheaper and just as nourishing. If you can, find a couple of soup-loving friends. Organise a social soup swap where you each make six portions of soup and swap two portions with each friend which will give you all enough soup for a week and three flavours for the cost of one. You could even be wildly adventurous and share a meal in some laughter. Always the best medicine I find. Hopefully your soup swap will save you enough money, over a month or two, to get your hair or nails done. Looking good has always been a woman's battle dress for centuries. Just look at Bodica. I realise Wold well, may be out of fashion, but I'm sure Rimmel or Estee Lauder will have a modern equivalent. Having covered love, food and beauty, I'm going to finish this lesson now as I'm exhausted. <laughs> Sending you sunshine, love and laughter so you can shine a light in the darkness. Mom.
7: Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spokenly. mate.